What's up, family? Come on, if you guys are thankful for Jesus and what he's doing in your life, come on, let's give him a clap of praise this morning. He's worthy. Man. I love in that last song that we sang, it said that your love would call out to me. Your love call out to me. And uh, I think it can be easy sometimes for some of us, especially for me, honestly, because I, I kind of do this like almost every week. And I think it can become a tendency to just get a little too comfortable, maybe a little too used to just coming into church and, okay, now we're going to worship and now we're going to do this and then we're going to do that. And, and I think that in that place, you, you can miss the point. And the point is that the creator of the universe, in his love, called out to you individually, personally. And, 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 you know, and I know even in saying that, it's like, yeah, okay. But, man, let's not ever get to a place where we get comfortable or too used to the fact that an all-knowing creator God called us individually by name, by his love to be in relationship with him. And I, th I know that that is a word for somebody that's here today. You've got to know that you're not just sitting in a big room in a crowd. It's God's will that you are sitting in his presence and that he has something that he wants to say to you individually Amen. Do you guys believe that this morning, that God is here to speak to you, to speak to me? Well, uh, I don't know if y'all noticed, we got a new uh, stage set design. Let's give it up for the team that did that, put that together. And now, The cool thing is, you know, a lot of y'all are familiar or, or you know that the panels that we had up here on stage, you couldn't tell from out there, but when you got close, it actually had the entire Bible printed out on those panels. Uh, which is so cool, you know, so cool just to be up here knowing that the Word of God had my back like every weekend, and, and that was cool. But, but, but because of the relationships we have, we actually sent most of those panels and that, that stage design, we sent it to other churches all over the country, and so we got to share that. How many of you guys love the body of Christ? Amen. I think that's pretty cool. We got to do that. And Last week, I know I told you I wasn't going to be here this weekend. I lied to you. I already asked for forgiveness. Uh, I did it because I knew if I told you Pastor Harry was coming, more of you would come to church. It worked. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, but I'm actually, I'm going to, I am, I'm almost, I'm 50% sure I'm not going to be here next weekend. I probably, I probably won't be here. I'll be down at GLR, but, and, and Pastor Harry will be here. So all, all of you that are disappointed that it's not him and it's me instead. I'm sorry, get over yourself. But uh, last week we started kind of a two-part sermon on eternal realities. Did you know that there are eternal realities that all of us, every one of us are going to face this at one point or another? The stats are pretty high, like one out of every one person at one point or another dies. I know that's not encouraging, but, but it is, it's a true fact. And so we have to talk about these things. And last week we talked about, we talked about hell. So, you know, we used a lot of red lighting. I had the ushers turn up the heat. I screamed and yelled a little bit more. So you guys are a little more accustomed to the type of preaching, joking, I didn't do that. But 
Uh, but man, it, it, was, it was a powerful time. It's not an easy subject necessarily to talk about, but it has to be discussed. Um, but I, I know that the Lord moved in a lot of people's hearts. 21 people asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior last weekend, just in those two services. Come on, that's a good place to give the Lord a hand. But today, today we get to talk about heaven. Come on now. How many of you guys are excited to go to heaven someday? This is a good place to raise your hand in church. Uh, and so we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, I think the truth is a lot of times we're just maybe a little too interested on what's, in what's going on on earth that we, we don't get as excited about heaven. I, I think a lot of times that could be the case. You're just busy, you know. We're going through life at a high rate of speed. And, and I think from time to time we just kind of, we get so wrapped around what's happening in our day-to-day lives that we don't really stop and get excited about heaven. And I think sometimes the reason why we don't get excited is because we have a lot of misconceptions about heaven. I, I think it could be because of Hollywood. I, I think it could be because they've tried to betray or portray what heaven is going to be like, uh, but they just kind of fall short. And, and here's the thing, like heaven, heaven is gonna be amazing. It's incredible. You know, I like earth. How many guys like earth? All right, you guys like earth, okay? I mean, I, I love sunrises and I love rivers and I love lakes and I love mountains and I love, I love, I would love the beach if it weren't for all the sand and salt water. I would love the beach if it weren't for that. Uh, but I love all those things, you know? God, God created a pretty amazing planet for us to enjoy. And, I know for a lot of us, you know, anybody that fishes or hunts, man, when you're just out there, I know that's one of the draws. It's one of the appeals when you get to be out there in God's creation and you just start getting the realization of how big he is and you're just looking at the details of everything that he did. It's amazing. I know getting to travel and do missions, man, when you get to see other places and, and just the different climates and, and, and the diversity of, of life and all those things. It's just, it's amazing. I remember one time I, I was fly fishing. I used to do a lot of fly fishing when I was in Colorado and I was up at this high mountain lake, man. And it was, it was just incredible. Like there were some elk out across the other side of the lake and I'm out there fly fishing and I'm an amazing fisherman. So I'm just catching one after another and that was cool. And, and uh, not really, but I was, I was fish. That's why they call it fishing, not catching people because that's what I did. I just did a lot of fishing. And but I was, as I was out there, man, I was just appreciating, man. It was just so, so calm, so quiet, just beautiful, crisp air, you know? And then, and then across the lake, like, I see this bald eagle up on top of this tree. I'm just it's amazing. You know, it's just like everything's happening at the same. There's elk over there. And then like right around there, I got a fish on. So I'm like reeling this fish in. And like right at that moment, this bald eagle took off, you know, wingspan. It seemed like it was 15 feet wide. I'll tell you, patriotism hit me. I was like, my country tis of thee. It was just an amazing moment. I like earth. There are times, though, when you realize just how broken it is. Like, there's a lot of broken things around us. And, you know, the enemy, the devil, the demons, and sometimes it just seems like they're having a heyday. They're just so, they're, the devil just be so busy sometimes, you know, just trying to mess people's lives up. And even the weather is broken. The weather is broken, okay? 
Now, saying that, some of y'all have a terrible, terrible memory. Like your short-term memory is gone because we've had like two weeks of lower 90s weather and y'all complaining like you've been living in this your whole life. Like it's been relatively nice. You just forget. Remember like three years ago when we had 40 days of 100 degree weather? Remember that? Now, at first I didn't mind it because I was like, it's heating up, everything's burning. I don't have to mow the yard. This is awesome. And then we had like, like three or four days, it was like 110, 112, 115. Then I started praying. I'm like, somebody in sin. <laughs> somebody is in sin around here. God's got to reveal it. It's got to be some Ohio State fan, some Texas fan, something like that. God's got to have to reveal it because this is just crazy. This is unacceptable. These images in the movies of what heaven is going to be like, I hope they're wrong. I hope they're wrong because when you, when you look at it, it's like heaven's going to be this place where it's just kind of boring and there's just a bunch of clouds and there's fat, chubby, naked babies flying around. And, and you know, every once in a while, somebody like floats a sweet tea to you on a cloud and Morgan Freeman is narrating everything for eternity. And... <laughs> And you're just, but there's nothing really to do. There's nothing to explore. There's nothing to conquer. There's nothing to, to, to do. I'll tell you what, for a lot of guys in this room, that is a version of hell. Like I know some hunters up in this place, they have to go to heaven like they're gonna kill somebody in heaven because we don't wanna live like that for eternity. But I'm just telling you, it's not the right perception of heaven. Heaven is, is so much more than that. I wanna answer some questions about heaven. There's this scripture in Colossians chapter three, verse one, it says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. How many of you guys are thankful for that? Amen. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Now, this is important. This is the reason why we're talking about this, is because too often we're not. We're not. Like we're thankful that we're saved in Christ, but we are not focused on the realities of heaven. We're focused on other things where Christ sits at God's right hand in place of honor and power. What is heaven? There's a couple things the Bible tells us. First of all, it's where God lives and rules. It's where God lives and rules throughout the Bible. It's called the dwelling place of God, the house of God. 31 times Jesus calls it the kingdom of heaven, the dwelling place of the Father. It's where God not only lives, it's also where he rules. There is a throne room in heaven. God is on the throne. Okay, some of you men, you've got something like this, all right? How many of you men, you've got your throne at your house. You've got your chair. How many men, you got your chair? It's like the one when you walk in, somebody's in that chair. You're going to give them the stank eye to end all stank eyes. Like, what you doing in my chair? Like, you better not be ruining anything because you got everything laid out the way you want. And in that chair is where you make the most important decisions of your life. Like, turn down the air. Give me the remote. Bring me a drink. Important stuff, you know, that you're dictating over your life. Well, God has a throne. He's sitting on it. He's making decisions about the universe. From that place, he rules from that place. A scripture about that in Psalm 123, one says, Lord, I look up to you, up to heaven where you rule. God rules there. And we're really, really thankful that God is ruling from that place. And there is nothing, nothing that he doesn't rule over. 
He's in total control. Another thing, it's a real place. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week. Like heaven, hell, they're real places. It's not just a state of mind. It's not just a state of being. It's not something intangible like a feeling. Uh, It's a real place. The Bible says that there are roads. There are streets. There are trees. There are rivers. It has measurements. The city of heaven has measurements. It's vast. It's the biggest city that you could ever imagine, this place. And I'm thankful because that means there's going to be a lot of people there. But it's a huge, real place. The Bible says that there's more than likely going to be animals there. I hate to admit it, there is a slim chance even cats will be in heaven. Um, that is the nicest thing I'm ever going to say about them. But, but there is, a, like, I don't know what percentage, it's a low percentage chance that cats might actually even be in heaven. There's verses that say there's animals there, or at least a lion. I'll go with a lion, okay, maybe not, but a lion, I'll, I'll take that. It's a physical place. It says in John 14, 2, there are many rooms in my father's home. I'm going to prepare a place for you. If this were not so, I would tell you plainly. Okay, now this is a promise from Jesus. Like you may not, like your home situation, you may be like, man, I don't like our house. Look in heaven, your house is gonna be legit. You're gonna love your house in heaven. This is a promise from Jesus that he is preparing this place. He is doing this. Now, some people, they give you a promise. You're like, ah, 50-50 chance this is going to happen. When Jesus says it, he can take it to the bank. He's preparing a place for you. Another thing about heaven, heaven was designed for us. Designed for us. Think about all the things that God has created and designed. He's designed heaven for us, and this is his masterpiece. But have you ever been in a place where you, you just kind of felt out of place? Like some of you, you you feel out of place, like in your own skin and almost daily, you kind of feel out of place. Some of us have been in a job where we felt out of place, like, man, this just isn't the right fit for me. We know it was everybody else's fault. We we know that, but but you were in that job and and you just didn't feel, like it just didn't feel right. Look, for me, basically the first day I went into junior high, the rest of school, I just felt out of place, like the whole time. For anybody that feels out of place, I just want to let you know it's okay because you're actually supposed to feel out of place. Because the Bible makes it very clear, this is not our home. This is not our final destination. But what God is creating in heaven, you will never feel more at home and more that you're where you're supposed to be than when you get to heaven. It's designed for you, every part of it, Physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything is perfectly designed for you. It says this in Matthew 24, 34. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. Okay, an inheritance, that means something that has been prepared for one of your children. Something that's been prepared for my kids. The kingdom of heaven is prepared for you. First Peter 1, 4 says, God has reserved a priceless inheritance for his children and is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Another question, where is heaven? Where is heaven? Well, this is really all we know, is it seems like it's up. Uh, there's some verses that talk about that. The same verse I already did, Psalm 123.1, Lord, I look up to you, up to heaven. 
Mark 6, 41. Jesus took the five loaves, the two fish. He looked up toward heaven and he asked God to bless the food. Now, heaven is up, but, but not up in the sense that we think of up. It's not like, oh, just beyond Pluto, I think. That, somewhere out there, up. But, but when the word says up, it means higher. Higher than anything you've ever experienced on earth. It's beyond anything you can ever imagine. And it's above. Has there ever been a time where you just felt like, man, shouldn't we be above all this at this point? As people, as a family, <laughs> as Christians, like, shouldn't we be above this at this point? Well, that's what heaven is. It's above. It's above. It's above the heartache. It's above the pain. It's above all those things. These things that we realize in our own hearts, they aren't right. You're right. They're not right. And someday we'll be completely above them. We won't be in them anymore. We'll be above them. What is heaven like? What is heaven like? Job eleven seven says, Can you understand the mysteries surrounding God Almighty? They are higher than the heavens and deeper than the grave. So what can you do when you know so little? In other words, you're just ignorant. Sorry, you don't know that much. And these mysteries outreach the earth and the ocean. Look, there are just some experiences in life that you simply can't describe. This is one of those things. It's just hard to describe it. It's like my dad when, I don't know, I was probably like second grade or so, and he tried to describe to me what it was like to fall in love, right? What's it like to fall in love? It's like, well, you're going along one day, and, um, you know, it's probably like sixth, seventh grade, somewhere in there, and... And, uh, and all of a sudden, you're, you're going to be with your friends, and you're going to be doing what you normal do, normally do, and then you're going to see this girl, and then everything's going to change. And then you're just going to want to follow her around, and you're going to leave your friends. And you're going you're gonna to make dumb decisions and, and, and because, you, because you'll do anything to get her to like you and, and all that. And, and I'm like, Dad, no way. I, I have a sister. I hate girls. I, 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 the, I don't want to be around them. And, and, and he's like, no, but one day... You, one day you're going to be on a playground or you're going to be around, or you're going to be hanging around and, and all of a sudden you're going to see a girl and you're going to be like, I want one. <laughs> How do I get one? How much do they cost? And the answer is everything. <laughs> everything. You will be broke, so get a job. <laughs> you can't describe what it's like being in heaven. You can't describe it. It's like when I went and asked Cody, like, describe, wait, what's it like having a baby? She started getting into it. I'm like, okay, stop. <laughs> I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> because there's just some things in life you have to experience it to know what it's like. Right, ladies? I mean, you just don't know what it's like unless you experience it. And that's what heaven is like. There's really nothing on earth that can compare to what heaven is going to be like. All the art, all the songs, all the poetry, all the books, all the movies, everything that's tried to betray it. I promise you, they have fallen infinitely short of what it's actually going to be like. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has ever been able to imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Man, 
I love that. That's why I'm so excited for it. The Bible doesn't tell us everything that we want to know. The Bible tells us what we need to know. And uh, in the Bible, it doesn't it just, you can't describe what it's going to be like, the feeling, the experience. Of, but there are a couple things that we know are not in heaven and are in heaven. First of all, there's no sickness. There's no sickness in heaven. Everything in the, heavens, in the heavens has a body, and so does everything on earth. But each one is very different. Praise God for that. These earthly bodies will die, but the bodies that are raised will live forever. Our ugly and weak bodies, somebody said, you're talking to you, will become beautiful and strong. And I talked about last week, look, hell has an everlasting body. Hell, there is an everlasting body in hell. And, and it decays for eternity. But in heaven, you have a glorified body because of the glory of God. The glory of God sustains a perfect glorified body for eternity. Like the best version of yourself. I read this week that some denominations have different discussions about like what age will you be in heaven? Um, because it sort of makes sense that we would probably be the same age. But I don't know that for sure, you know? Some of you are like, I don't want to be in heaven like my age right now for eternity. But one denomination said that you're 25 when you're in heaven. And I didn't like that because I was a little too skinny when I was 25. Like I, I wanted to put on a little more muscle first. And I want to be in, like you want to be in the best version of yourself. And that's what you'll have for eternity. It's an awesome thing. There's some really cool things though that the Bible talks about that indicates some abilities that we'll have when we're in heaven. Like at one point, Jesus was walking through walls. Like just show up in rooms, just walking through walls in his glorified body. It seems to indicate we might have the same ability. At one point, one of the disciples was able to go from one place to a completely different place. So that's really good news for all the Star Trek geeks out here. You will get to teleport at some point in heaven. Come on now. But these cool things that you'll have these abilities, like you'll be able to just like think about a place and be there. Y'all gonna be sitting around at your dinner table one night. I'm just gonna show up, what's up? <laughs> Hope y'all save me some barbecue. Cause there's gonna be barbecue in heaven. <laughs> and Krispy Kreme. <laughs> lots of carbs, lots and lots of them. That never have negative effects on you. There's gonna be a new heaven, a new earth. Because it is a monarch, God is ruling as king. There are also different levels of authority. We're, we're probably all going to have some sort of job. But because it's perfectly designed for you, it's like, what would be the perfect job that you would love to do for eternity? God's going to give that to you. Just as each of us now has a new body like Adam's, so one day we shall have a new body like Christ. Another thing that won't be in heaven, no sadness. No sadness. The Bible says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Did you know? The Bible says that God has kept track and has stored up every tear that you have ever shed. I mean, every tear. Some of y'all are thinking, look, that's going to be a big container for my wife because, <laughs> But the point is this. God has paid attention 
to every time you hurt. Every time. Every time you've been broken, every time you lost someone, every time you were overwhelmed, every time you felt bullied or neglected or abused, whatever it is, God is keeping track of all that. He empathizes with that. And at one point, when we get to heaven, he's going to look at you individually and say, it's gone. It's gone for eternity. When you get to heaven, there's no more broken hearts. There's no more rejection. There's no more loneliness. There's no more sorrow, no more grief. No more depression or anxiety. You will have perfect joy and perfect peace for eternity. How many of you are thankful for that? There's also no suffering. No suffering. The Bible says there's no more hunger, no more thirst, no more scorching heat. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I, you read over verses like that, but I, there's, there's times in our lives, like we're sitting in an air-conditioned building right now, right? So we're not necessarily thinking about, oh, man. Oh. And you can be thankful we pay our bills, and we do. But, but there was one time when I got to be around somebody that this really hit home for me. I was in northern Kenya in this very arid desert place. Uh, like average temperature while we were there was 115 degrees for two weeks but it had been like that for three years there. And, and as we're driving to go do ministry in this church, we, we're out on these horrible, horrible roads in the middle of the desert. And every once in a while, you would see these, these young kids, these young boys, some of them six, uh, usually just early teenage boys herding goats out in the middle of this desert, trying to find water for their goats. And so at one point, uh, we had bought hundreds and hundreds of bottles of water. And, uh, and at one point we saw this young boy and he was out on the side of the road with his goats and he was, he was signaling to us to ask us for water, to ask us for something to drink. And so we stopped and, and we started talking to this young man and I'm and, um, just talking about his life and what he does and where he lives and, and all those types of things. And, and he didn't know anything about Jesus. And so we started to talk to him about Jesus and we started to talk to him about this hope of heaven. I'll tell you what, I've never seen somebody's eyes light up like that when you started telling him in heaven, there's no more suffering. There's no more thirst. There's no more scorching heat. And, you know, when someone lives in a place like that, they just seem to be a little more thankful and grateful when they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because it's just like, because I guarantee you to this day, that, that young man, he's mid-20s by now, he's, hope, he's holding on, you know? He, he's probably still in northern Kenya. But he's holding on to the reality of heaven for him. 
And here's the deal. We don't live necessarily around a bunch of suffering and persecution and, and droughts and famines. We could someday. It could happen. But we're not right now. But you have to understand that the spiritual drought and suffering that are in people's lives is just as serious. And we have to bring something that refreshes people. We have to be ready and prepared and know that even if they can't see it, we see it. And they are suffering. There is a scorching sun on their spirit and on their soul that's drying them out. And we've got to bring the hope of heaven to them. Heaven is a place of reunion. Heaven is a place of reunion. How many of you are excited one day that you're gonna get to see some people that you've lost during the course of your life? I'm so excited for that. It's gonna be cool. There's some people that are in the Bible. I wanna meet them, right? I wanna talk to these guys. Like Jonah, what was it like being inside of a well for three days? Did you know that there are actually three people in recorded history that that happened to? They were swallowed by a well and survived three other people. I looked it up. I want to talk to him about it. I want to talk to Abraham like, Abraham, dude, what was it like? You're standing over your son with a knife. God has asked you to kill your only son. Like, what was that? Describe that to me. I want to meet Peter. I want to see if he's still chatty, you know, just like always running his mouth, like talking about everything. If he settled down finally, you know, I want to meet some of these people when I get to heaven. It's going to be an incredible place. This is God's purpose, that when the time is right, he will gather all of us together from wherever we are to be with him in Christ forever. Who's going to be in heaven? That's a really, really good question. Who's going to be in heaven? Well, God, the Father's going to be in heaven. Jesus is going to be in heaven. The Holy Spirit's going to be in heaven. The angels are going to be in heaven. And his church is going to be in heaven. Everyone who has put their trust in Christ is going to be in heaven. How can you know that you're going to heaven? You have to have a relationship with Jesus. You have to have a relationship with him. And I'm saying that very intentionally because it has nothing to do with perfect church attendance. It has nothing to do with being a good old boy. Man, I just, I did a lot more good than I did bad. The sobering fact is there are going to be good people in hell because they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. This, this to me is one of the most sobering verses in the whole Bible. In Matthew chapter seven, verse 22 says, on judgment day, many will say, Lord, Lord. Anytime a word is repeated, anywhere throughout the Bible, it is putting major emphasis on it. Like this is an explanation point because they are saying with conviction, they're saying the right title, they're saying the right word, and they're saying it with conviction. Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. And I love how it's going to what we would consider these super spiritual acts, like man, prophets, that's a big deal. Casting demons out, man, that's a really spiritual thing to do. Man, miracles, man, the, the supernatural was working through him, but he goes for all those things and he says that in spite of all those things, He's going to say, but I will reply, I never knew you. I never had your heart. I never had your heart. I didn't want to just, you to just know. I wanted you to know. I never had your heart. 
and you never had his. And it doesn't matter what you do outside of knowing in your heart, like he loves you, you love him, you're building relationship with him. I never knew, knew you, now get away from me. You who break God's law. Heaven is also gonna be a place of reward. And now this is cool because typically I don't like award ceremonies, like they're boring and monotonous and you know, kind of the same thing opens, happens over and over again, except, except for when your kid graduates high school, I will be there all eight hours of it. It's gonna be awesome, we like that. But usually I don't like that, but I wanna tell you the reward ceremony in heaven is gonna be crazy because the Bible says that God is paying attention to everything that you do. And so when you become a Christ follower, when you give your heart to Jesus, God is watching everything that you do and everything that you did for his glory, everything that you did according to his word, everything that you did to help somebody, every action that was good, every word that was good, everything in your character that was good, every time you prayed for someone, every time you were generous to someone, every time you sacrificed of your own to give to someone else, every time you served, every time you did anything like that, God is watching it all and he's gonna reward you in heaven and it's gonna be awesome. But this is the incredible thing. This is the amazing thing. We're gonna get all these incredible rewards and we're gonna look at God and said, you being around me is reward enough. And we're gonna lay those rewards at his feet and say, <laughs> at that point, at that point we will say, I would do it all again, twice over. Now that I see, now that I realize, because I, I believe that with, when we get there, we're just gonna be like, whoa! Like for the first million years, whoa! What? We're gonna have full understanding of, of just how big God is. I think maybe some of the tears he's gonna have to wipe away is maybe just a little bit of saying, man, I wish I would've done more. Now that I see it, now that I realize, I just wish I, I could have loved a little more. I could have served a little more. I could have given a little more. I could have done a little, I could have done more. But God is gonna reward you. I think so many of us, we're holding on. We're just trying to hold on for heaven, like just trying to make it. And in the process of doing that, you're missing the journey. And then I think some of us are so wrapped up in the things of the world, we're on the wrong journey. But I think if you can get this eternal reality wrapped around your heart, man, it'll change who you are. That the Lord's prayer will become real in your life. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth now as it is in heaven. On earth now as it is in heaven. Like you don't have to just wait for the hope of heaven. Let some heaven come into your life right now. Let some of that perfect peace and perfect joy come into your life right now. God wants to do that. I read this story uh, of this game reserve in, in Africa where um, I think Kruger National Park is what it's called. And, and 
they, they ran into this problem. It was actually a sanctuary for elephants. They ran into this problem because they were, the, the elephants were getting overpopulated. So they're trying to figure out like, what do we do since the elephants are overpopulating? And they decided that the only thing that they could do is to start transporting them one by one to another reserve, start taking them out of there one by one. And so they started doing this over a long period of time. The only problem was this, the harness that they had developed and the helicopters they were using were not big enough to carry the bull elephants, the daddies, they couldn't carry them. So all they took over, they took over the females, they took over the kids and they took over the teenagers and they put them in this place. Well, after just a couple of months, all the, all the, the, the people that were working around the reserve, they started noticing that property was being destroyed like crazy. These other animals and other species were turning up dead, trampled to death. And so they wind up putting out some cameras and they started to realize that all these teenage elephants were going around and just wreaking havoc on everything, like killing everything, destroying everything. Some of you are like, they should videotape my house. And, uh, and, and, and so all this was happening. And so, so all of a sudden, all this advice started pouring in. Like, oh, well, you should change their diet. You should put them on some medication. You should do this, you should do that, you should do this. And finally somebody said, why don't we design a harness and charter helicopters that can fly the bull elephants over to this reserve? And that's what they did. And as soon as they brought these, these male, these dad elephants over and put them in, the, within 72 hours, everything changed. Within 72 hours. There's like 300 sermons I could preach out of this, but this is the only point I wanna make. If there is craziness and dysfunction and disorder and pain and suffering in your life, you just need to get daddy back in the mix. You just need to invite God the Father back into the mix because one of the Hebrew definitions of his name is he is a God of order. He's a God that brings order where there is dysfunction. Let's do that right now. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's invite God. If you're near someone that you love, hold their hand, put a hand on somebody's shoulder. Let's pray for each other. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we just invite you, Heavenly Father, into our lives. We need you, we need you. We need the realities of eternity to be on our minds and hearts every day. We invite you, Heavenly Father, right now into our lives. Some of you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And some of you need to rededicate your life to him this morning because you, you feel like you genuinely gave your heart to one point or, or another, but right now you feel distant from him. You feel far from him. And, and I wanna give you a chance to to come back to him right now or to accept him for the very first time. If you're in this room today and I, I know that he's already speaking to you, he's already made this clear. And so I just want you to be bold. The word says, if you can confess me before man, I'll confess you before my father. So if you're here today and you're ready to confess that you need a savior, nobody looking around, every head bowed. I'm not gonna embarrass you or point you out, but if that's you, would you please slip your hand up? As soon as I see you, you can put your hand down. Yes, ma'am, thank you. Anybody else? As soon as I see you, you can put your hand down. Anybody else? I need a savior, got it, thanks, buddy. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am, thanks. Yes, ma'am. I just need to get right with Jesus today. Yes, sir, got it, bro. Anybody else? Anybody else? I need a Lord and Savior today. Got it, buddy, thanks. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Anybody else? 
got you there at the back. Thanks, buddy. Anybody else? Okay. For every person that just raised your hand, we're going to say this prayer together today. Every person in this place, let's say this boldly because there might be somebody near you that needs to say this boldly. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I ask for your forgiveness for my sin. I ask that you come and give me a new life in you. Be my Lord. I want you to have control. I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to live for the world. I want to live your will. Help me to understand your love. Help me to understand your plan. Help me to walk in your purpose. Be my Lord and Savior and be my best friend for the rest of my life and all of eternity. Father God, I thank you for every person that just said that prayer for the first time and maybe the first time in a long time. Thank you for bringing them into this place. Help us, God, as a body of believers to walk with them in their process of becoming a disciple, becoming a fully devoted follower of you. And we thank you. We have an opportunity as a church to carry the realities of eternity with us. I pray that we would see it. I pray that we would see it through the eyes that you see it, that we would bring that hope of heaven, Lord, the realities of hell, and we would communicate it in a way that is balanced in truth and grace. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. We're just going to continue to worship God. Invite him into this place.